0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's vacation station travel show where every fourth Tuesday we get to chat with travel writer Debbie Stone. She literally travels the world. She crosses the country. She's been all over. She's been everywhere, man, I'm telling you. But we do like to call her the Fire Monkey. Uh, She got that nickname from her trip to Bhutan many years ago. And it's kind of stuck every time when she came on the show that day and uh it's never left us. But, um, today she's going to be talking about ice instead of fire. So I'm going to be very interested to see how the fire monkey did in the land of ice. She went to Greenland with albatross expeditions. Now, albatross is one of my favorite Fleetwood Mac songs. Peter Green, the guitarist. And so I'm, I'm just loving this whole thing about birds and ice and whales and really getting into the culture of this area that, um, it's starting to open up a little bit but is still very remote and definitely if you're going this is an epic bucket list adventure and it was for debbie her story is up on blend radio and you can see it there but i also have a link in the show notes for you so you can go right there so welcome back fire monkey how are you
1: I am doing fine. I'm back from the, as you said, the land of the ice.
0: <laughs> I know. Isn't that wild? Like, I, you know, so yeah. you didn't melt. You're here, so we know now, you're not a witch. <laughs> yes, just kidding. I know right. you're now, not. Good thing. You know. Good
1: thing. My, although my kids might sometimes think
0: I am, but you know, <laughs> oh, you know, like we, are, we aren't going to go there. We're not going there. But I am gonna, I'm going to find. I, I love the. You know. Like I said, albatross is like my favorite song. And I actually think the albatross bird is pretty incredible. So that you went on albatross expeditions, my little ears picked up immediately. And I'm like, she went on an (laughs) albatross. So, I mean, this seems like an amazing venture in that you went with the right company that seems to be very um, focused on the activities and education. From your article, I got that, that they're very um, centered on leaving a light footprint that when we look at cruises, because sometimes cruise ships can be basically a floating city, and we need to look at when we're going to places like Greenland, what are we doing there when you're you're looking at climate change happening when you're going there, right? So Correct. being on the right kind of vessel makes sense, and it seems like this is kind of a smaller ship, even though it had two restaurants.
1: Exactly. Uh, I think the ship can hold probably, I think it's maybe upwards of 180, I want to say. But um, when we were there, we only had, I think, about 164 on the ship. But it's a nice size um, expedition ship, has all the bells and whistles. I mean, uh, there was even a little bit of a, a gym. There's a, a little spa. There's, you know, as I said, two restaurants. It's a great, wonderful, uh, beautiful um, observation uh area. Upstairs on the top deck, and then there's, you know, a a wonderful, like, kind of lecture meeting area, and you're right, they are focused on education, they're focused on nature, they're focused on being good ambassadors, and um, they are – have a reputation for being – Uh, their, their ships are built for fuel efficiency, so they like to, you know, reduce their carbon footprint. That's, that's their goal and minimize their impact environmentally on wherever they go. And they do specialize in the polar expedition cruise uh, arena. They are uh, pioneering Polar expedition cruise operators and so I thought you know all those things are very important and they put a, a, they put you know top priority on safety which is another thing that you know of course is very important for passengers in the future would be passengers to know you know so mm. uh, I and I thought that they had you know a great staff and crew and you know expedition staff that was very knowledgeable very helpful um, you know wore different hats in terms of getting giving talks, uh, you know, leading uh, walks and, and history walks and, and leading uh, hikes, uh, which were wonderful. So, yeah, it was it was a wonderful combination. Then, of course, the food, you know, which was mm. excellent and plenty of.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we're not going to complain about that because it seems like you had a lot of that, but you actually got off, obviously. So this, yes. you went on a, a let, let's go to Greenland because I think a lot of us see, you know, oh, it's up there on the on the globe, right? And you know, I think all of us need to possess a globe, an actual globe, and yes. roll it around. You know, there's yes. something about getting that that idea of it, and especially when you go to a place like Greenland. I mean, this is a remote area, and it's it, it is the like the I didn't remember this from geography class until I read your article. Like the largest island, really, that is not a continent in this country yeah. in the world. Excuse me, in the yeah, in the world.
1: It is. And people sometimes don't even think about that or even, you know, kind of remember the fact that, yeah, it, you know, it is. And it's huge. And, you know, people sometimes forget about Greenland because... There's been a lot of attention paid to Iceland in the past number of years, which became a very huge tourist, uh, destination. And, you know, people are all, are very, uh, familiar with, with Iceland, you know, but, but a lot of people are not really familiar with Greenland. They just think of it as kind of being out there. And yes, it, you know, it is out there. Um, but it is this huge island and, uh, much of it, uh, 80% of it is basically covered in ice, you know, and, uh, wow. But that's, you know, people go to see, uh, you know, the Arctic. They go to want to be above the Arctic Circle. And and much of Greenland is above the Arctic Circle. There is a portion of it that is not, that is below the Arctic Circle. But, you know, most people want to go and they want to see that. They're excited to see ice fjords. They're excited to see glaciers. They want to see icebergs. And that's, you know, they want to. And they also want to see... The cultural component of, of Greenland, which is to go into the settlements and the villages and the towns, and you know, to see how the people live and what do they eat, and you know, all that kind of thing.
0: I heard you ate reindeer.
1: Um, I did. I tasted a tiny bit of it. Um, I'm not really a meat eater, uh, but yeah. I really wanted to. I really wanted to try uh, some of the things because I felt like. It was an interesting way to understand a culture mm-hmm. because food is so tied into cultural uh, uh, mores. And, yeah, I mean, they, they eat. The, the, of many of the the people up there, a good percentage, a lot of them are subsistence. Uh, uh, they, that's their lifestyle in, in some of these very small villages. And so, yes, they eat what they can find and, and uh and basically kill whether it's reindeer whether it's you know cod whether it's muskox and they use it for food and so you know there's muskox muskox soup there's you know reindeer meat there's they dry the cod you know so it was very interesting and then you'll see uh them drying their fish and 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 also Parts of the animals that are are drying uh, for them to use, and uh, so yes, it it is a different way of life, and to understand mm-hmm. that this has been a traditional way of life uh, since the time you know. The, the,
0: well, and the so way the way the it. tribal community is, is the Inuits, right? Which is really fr- they're from Asia area, and so when you when you think about what they're eating, and they I mean, whale is also yes. part of it, right? Yeah, um, so absolutely. So what what and and we've actually interviewed a lady who was way up there on, on an island that is actually one of the first islands to go bye-bye because of climate change in Alaska and so the Inuits are there and she lived with them back in the 70s um pretty much almost like in an igloo what she lived in like not an igloo but like it was just she was out in the boonies because mm-hmm. of what her husband did and um you got to think back in the 70s, we don't have what we have now, right? And I don't know if it makes a difference <laughs> now that I think about yeah. it when you're in that remote of an area. However, you know, when we lived in Africa, we had solar, we had satellite, we had things that, um, in a way, we were ahead of time in a weird way, yet behind. I don't know how to explain that. We use things that are only now coming into the Western world or part of the norm in the bush, you know, mm-hmm. so it's kind mm-hmm. of an interesting, weird, different thing. But being out in those remote areas, I mean, so they eat, they're eating fish, they're eating whale. I mean, cod. You you had to eat the cod, right? I know you like fish, so um,
1: yeah, yeah. And they yeah, drive that a lot, so that's very that, important to them. You know, and whale yeah. water is, is very important. And these are, you know, this is sources of protein for them. You know, I mean, so yeah, that, yeah. That is that
0: is. But you know, what about very vegetables? Very is there any they kind of the, greenery?
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, what they can grow, particularly in the summer, which you know is a short season, but you can grow vegetables, and you can, you know, definitely buy vegetables in the store. They're going to be, you know, everything is uh, that isn't grown or can gotten again can be you know, gotten there is, of course, being, you know, shipped in or flown in, which then, of wow, course, it's expensive. accelerates the price, you know, mm-hmm. so you could get, you know, you could definitely get sticker shock when you go through uh, grocery stores, which we did, you know, and also there are times when there aren't you know, fresh fruits or or vegetables available due to the time of the year, or they're not able to get them in, or whatever it is. You know, or due to wow, weather, I can imagine you
0: you're not going to let your lettuce go bad in the in the fridge in the fridge door. You know what I mean? That like if yeah. you bought lettuce, then you're eating the lettuce. That's something. Yeah, special. you eat what you buy.
1: You know, and, mm-hmm. or for example, you know if you're you. You have things that you grow, then you're gonna you know can them or what you know yeah. whatever is for the rest of the year if you can if they're the kinds of uh, produce that can be frozen or canned but uh yeah, you know, but I mean you know having that protein is probably you know crucial it it's crucial mm-hmm. to them you know so right i yeah. mean
0: and it keeps you going in in such cold, but like so when you're there, there's daylight. So I know Alaska fluctuates, right? And, and so, you know, all of these areas, when you're in the poles, you start lose, it's like the six months on, six months off. So tell us a bit about that. So when you were there, was it summer and was it yes. like people could actually grow something in the backyard? Cause I saw a f- yeah. one of your photos had yes. flowers. So I was yes. like, ooh, proof, yes. there's flowers and ice in the same place. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> they, they were, yes, things were growing because it was summer. I mean, I was there in, uh, the second, kind of a second week in August, so to speak. So it was still summer, although, you know, uh, fall starts to come quickly uh, towards uh, the latter part of August. But, um, yeah, you know, they, they they celebrate the summer solstice in uh, June, and, uh, you know, that's a big, big thing to uh, be happy about. And, uh, you know, it's they're delighted when, when uh, the sun starts coming out again because, you know, you're living in mm-hmm. relative darkness. And when I lived in Alaska, I lived in Fairbanks for a number of years, you know, we experienced some of that too. Oh, wow. You know, it started, it started, you know, it started getting kind of light at, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning, but the light was never like really bright light. And then around three, it was like, definitely, you know, you're getting into dusk and it's getting dark and then in the summer it's crazy because you're out at midnight and you have all this energy and you're you know doing everything possible and the plants are growing huge you know and and so it's 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 a very interesting you know what it does to your biorhythms you know yeah
0: it is weird I mean right where we are right now we're in Asheville area and um, we you know right now we're in just outside the city but before we were right in the forest and We were there in winter and now and then summer, right? So it was this whole different thing going on. And it was like being in a rainforest. Yet I knew that the rainforest had snow when we were there before. So it was this whole other. I mean, we didn't get the big snow when we were there. Trust me. We Mm -hmm. did that in Wisconsin. We saved that for the Midwest. You guys do it well up there. Thank you very (laughs) much. And Debbie knows from Chicago, like, hello, you get, (laughs) you win on the snow. Um, But it it is just this it's a very interesting thing because I know that Alaska also has those like like a rainforest and you it's hard to believe when you think about all the snow and then this fog comes in here where we are and we keep watch every morning I'm like up just to watch what is the smoky mountains and I know you've hiked through, you know, here on the Appalachian Trail and been to Asheville too, that it just blows my mind how it changes with the with the seasons and I don't know. It's 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 really fascinating to me. I'm, I'm kind of like in this mode right now of that. And when I was reading about Greenland, I'm going, God, it's got to be really cool to witness that and then see the ice because the ice, doesn't that also kind of create a fog as well? Like a kind of a smoky atmosphere? It can. Atmosphere? Definitely.
1: It definitely can. Yeah. The fog can hang in there. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Most definitely.
0: Well, so- yeah, that' because you're living in Santa Fe right now, so you know where I'm coming from. This whole yeah. weird, like, this is all there's moisture just in the air in the morning. Uh, I was used to that in in the when we lived in Kenya on the equator, like there'd always be moisture, right? Um, right. Well, unless you're in certain areas and there's a drought, but you know what I mean. There's that moisture that would come, and in the desert, like a lot of yeah. times there's there, you you could go for months without any kind of moisture.
1: Yeah. Definitely, most definitely. It can be very dry, very, very dry, you know. So, But I think, you know, it's, just, it's a world of ice, and I think people are fascinated with the different shapes and uh, mm-hmm. sizes and, you know, the colors, and uh, it's fascinating. And when you see your first iceberg when you head to the Arctic or the Antarctic, wherever it is, you know, you get excited, and you're just like, wow. And then you see more, and then you see bigger ones, and then you see ginormous ones, and then you see you know, different kinds. And you see the little, tiny, little bergie bits. And then you see these huge tabular ones that look like big sheet cakes. And, you know, then there's ones that, uh, you know, have like almost arches and you like look like you can tunnel through them. And so it, it's fascinating to me all the different shapes and sizes that ice can can create, you know. And the glaciers mm. are phenomenal, too. But the glaciers, you know, it's very, very, very apparent that there is, uh, you know, uh, things happening in terms of climate there, because you can see the recession of the glaciers. You can see where they started. And we were, you know, told all about that. And you can see where how much of that has gone away. And now where where is the glacier, you know, and uh, how quick or how rapid this is going to recede even more, you know. So it is a, a very interesting, up close, personal experience with what's going on.
0: We, you know, how did it feel going from New Zealand? Because you know, before the pandemic, you went to New Zealand and you saw glaciers there, and kind of had that kind of journey in a, in a different. I mean, kind of it's it was it's connected. It is you very, know, much, you, so. very yeah. much
1: so. Yeah, so we yeah we were you know very much it was clear when we would take hikes to glaciers and you know our guide would say. This is the point, and you know, he he'd, we'd stop and we'd see. This was where the glacier had been. You know, this is where it had wow. been, and then we would hike much, much further and go. Oh, there, the, there is the glacier now, and so that was quite a distance that we hiked to get to the so to where the glacier is is today, so to speak. So yes, a lot of similarities, and I think all over the the world in various places where there is has been glaciers or are glaciers or glacier activity that people can see the differences, you know, and it's not just mm. scientists and researchers, you know, but these are, we're, we're, we're just, we're there, we're curious, we want to see, we want to learn, we want to know, and and by being there and being and having this very, I don't know, very visceral experience, it, it comes home very, very profoundly. Mm.
0: What's it like? So, did you go out on one of the zodiac boats? Did you get to go yes, out? And that—that that was the oh.
1: uh, the method that they had because many times they couldn't dock at a town, um, and so they would be, you know, uh, anchored out in the. You know, close by, but, you know, in the water, so you would have to have some form of transportation. So the Zodiac is, which is a very good form of transpo- transportation, which a lot of ships use. And uh, the, the ships prepare you. They do a whole exercise in, in understanding how to get into a Zodiac. There's a proper way to do it, how to get out, how to, how to behave in a Zodiac, what to do, what not to do. And it's, you know, it's quite quite you know it's quite hammered into you which is important because it is all about safety but yeah those uh, zodiacs they whip you to the the dock to the wherever to land and you get off and then you uh, you know have various options and activities that you can choose from whether it's walking hikes or walking tours or a hike or and and, you know the thing is, is everything is is optional in terms of of what you want to do when you get to land. So, you know, you can just, you know, start off and go on your own. You're you're given maps in terms of you can take pictures photos of the maps that they have hanging on the on the boards in the ship mm-hmm. and you learn all about uh, you know, the town and what you can do. Usually the night before, uh, the day before, they will tell you and give you kind of a, a briefing and let you know what's going on, let you know what level the hike is so that people understand this is how long it is, what's the terrain, et cetera, et cetera. Or, you know, that there's a museum in this town or not, This you know, whatever whatever it might be. You know, if you are interested in this, this is when it's open. There's a church here. You can go into this church. Yeah, when well, that so, church is so, cool. Yeah, you know, they several church, uh, many of the settlements had or towns had churches, and they're you know the architecture is very beautiful. A lot of uh, Danish, of course, similarities, and uh, you know, beautiful buildings and the houses all colorful and very vibrant, which stand yeah. out uh, against the environment. And they were so picturesque, especially if you're coming along in a ship and you get to a town and there's a big iceberg in front, but there's all these, all these colorful houses behind and you're like wow this is this is this is so so has a such yeah a unique, you know special
0: beauty you know south africa had some of that in, in cape town area um i think you went you saw some of that um on the coast there's coastal communities like even oceanside california has those little coastal houses but the pacific northwest i noticed that a lot where people had these bright colorful houses especially if they were on the coastline and the northern part like um if you were out in Il Waco, I know you went there Um yeah, in those sure. areas. Like if you were out on, you know, where you're really getting yep. a lot of fog, people just were like, no, nope, we're going to be bright and colorful. You can see my house. I'm not going to be sunken <laughs> in. You know, here I am, you know. And I loved it because it just kind of brought cheer because it can get, I think you could probably get a little despondent if you don't have a lot of sunshine. And, you know, I'm not good without some sunshine. I'm definitely a sunshine person but I love the Pacific Northwest and the drama of it all. And, you know, but when people do that with their houses, I'm like, yeah, that makes me happy. Thank you. And they used to,
1: they used to do it by um, what was happening. So for example, red was like schools and education. And so they everything like buildings were red or, or, you know, or like blue was whatever, or yellow was whatever. And so like, you know, one was like a color for medical areas. So you would know just by color, what the purpose of, of the use of that particular? Huh. What was going on in that building? So they did use color for certain reasons, and I know that was the same in in, in several places in Scandinavia that we visited as well. Um, uh, so so uh, and in Europe as well, but it, there was a certain hmm. reason for for colors being painted certain colors for you know different houses and things. So
0: going to Greenland's um, kind of like a It's kind of, did you kind of feel like a full circle moment of all your travels and all the continents and countries you've been to? I think it was
1: kind of a culmination of kind of like polar uh, uh, expeditions because we've been to Antarctica and... Uh, We'd been to Iceland before and we lived in Alaska and I've been up uh, far north uh, in Churchill, Manitoba for the polar bears. And so uh, it was
0: it
1: it was really I I had always wanted to go to Greenland. I, you know, it just was one of those places I thought, you know, this this will be I wanted to go there. First of all, I wanted to go there soon before the ice melts. Mm -hmm. You know, that was definitely one of my purposes. But also because I just thought, for some reason, I think it's because maybe I saw uh, National Geographic years ago on Greenland. But I've always wanted to go there, and I think also after having lived in Alaska, there is a lot of similarity. You know, there's just definite. My my husband and I, we were walking through little towns and settlements. We're like, oh my gosh, that this is this is what kind of reminds me of also. Alaska.
0: When you went to was it? Um, you went on that cruise at the Norway and the Shetland Islands. Oh, yeah. It kind of reminds yeah. me of the that fjords, a little the Norway,
1: bit. Yeah, the, yeah, the, Nor- the we- Norwegian fjords, you know. Yeah. And, uh, these small towns and, and what they depend on economically, a lot of fish. It's amazing. You know, that's big. It's it's. It is. It's fascinating to me. I love visiting places where they, the way of life is so very different to the way of life that I live, you know, and yeah. culturally it's it very, very different. But, you know, you find people all over the world and you find warm and friendly and welcoming people, which we did. The Greenlandic people were were very welcoming, and uh, I can't uh, express that enough. They were they were extremely friendly and uh, mm. so that was that was wonderful and they really they welcomed you and they wanted you to to understand their culture or to try their food
0: you know you know the tourism aspect of that are they ready you mentioned that in your article and again everyone the link is in the show notes and um also i want to give a shout out to albatross um, expeditions it's albatross-expeditions.com um but you talk about now you know more people i mean if people are spending money to go to the moon and you know get up in space and do whatever they're doing up there with whoever whatever rich billionaire is taking another rocket up there or whatever you want to call it you know they're going to spend money to go to greenland right um, because right. it's like you're saying this is going to be you're going to see something that no one's going to witness again like i yeah nancy and i say we saw africa at a time that was already at a decline of wildlife and we were really lucky um of what we saw in you know in the mid 70s we were very sure. very lucky sure. um sure. so i feel like that's that kind of experience but even more drastic um right with what you've experienced and you've done africa and all that too so it's, um, you're seeing something as it's changing. You know, you go there a right. year later, it's already going to be changed. And so this right. is like an epic bucket list with a, a timestamp on, like, get your butt there now. So Absolutely. are they prepared for that and also having to stay, like, you can't overrun this, these these smaller communities? Because, like, it's such a, it's it's a huge island, but what I was reading, like, 56,000 people. So it's not even... Like I, I think when I first read it I was like, oh, Oh fifty six I, I thought five hundred and sixty thousand, so it's half the size of Tucson then it went, Oh my god, it's right. only fifty six thousand people on the island. Can right, you believe that? Of all the eyes? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it's it's so you think about it and you think,
1: Well yes, and they are you know, they are built in the process of building a couple more airports uh for uh people to, you know, get into Greenland and then uh, you know, they are they're, they're uh, but they want to do things the right way, I think, and so they are trying to, you know, look at how much infrastructure is needed to support tourism on a on a different level. Um, they look at their neighboring Iceland, so to speak, and, you know, yes, there's, you know, Iceland uh, dealt with an enormous crush of tourists uh, that came after hearing, you know, after became the it place uh, at one point in time, and so, you know, things happen very quickly and when that happens often it, you know, it can, you know, it can really uh create some issues I think for uh the country, for the locals, for whatever if if they don't have a good handle on uh how to deal with with the tourism. So, you know, right now the the majority of people who go to Greenland go uh via a ship. Uh, whether it be uh, a type of expedition ship like I was on or whether it be a ship that maybe stops in one or two places in Greenland and then goes on to other places, you know, whether it's to Norway or whatever. Um, But most of the people do arrive uh, uh, and and do a ship. Either they arrive via a ship on a cruise ship or they fly into Greenland and board a ship. Um, You know, there's probably a smaller percentage that fly into Greenland and then just – take off on their own the problem is is that there are really there's no road system in Greenland as I mentioned you know towns might have a few roads but they dead end you can't go from town to town by road to road you know it's Mm -hmm. boats and and uh flights you know
0: wow wow amazing isn't it and then what about dog sledding come on now you you met you met the Greenland dogs like I mean who let the dogs out like you know the Greenlanders did (laughs) <laughs>
1: well and and the thing is is, is that uh you know there, every town there are, there are sled dogs and um you know sled dogs are very have been very important to greenlanders uh uh greenlandic individuals and people for years and there is one type of sled dog in greenland it's called the greenland dog or canis as they say canis lupus familiaris and it is one of the purest and most isolated dog breeds in the world because it, they don't, it does not allow to mix that particular dog with other dog breeds. Wow. Like in Alaska, you have, you know, Huskies that have been mixed mm-hmm. or Malamutes that have been mixed, you know, and, and they uh, crossbreed. And, but the, the Greenland dog is the, one of the purest uh, dog breeds in the world. And... You know, you are not, when you go to Greenland, they will emphasize to you. And there are signs everywhere in all the dog areas that you will be walking by. But even on the ship, they really, uh, they did a a whole lecture on it. But they also told us, please, please do not uh, go up to pet a dog. Don't, don't, you know, don't interact with a dog. You can stand back a ways and take a photo if you wish, but please don't. Uh, go it's like going the to dog. the border
0: you don't mess with the border dogs like the police dogs or you
1: no, know what these, i mean and these no and these are working animals for the most part they are working animals and wow. you know they, they they you know the their lead quote-unquote lead dog the alpha 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 is the is the the owner who has the dogs and uh you know the dogs listen to that person and uh you know they can be Unpredictable with people because you might they might see you as a threat, uh, you know, to the mm. to the whole group of dogs, you know. So uh, definitely, yeah, you don't so, want to let
0: the dogs people. out. You do not want to no. be the person no. who does that. No. Well, this is no. it's interesting too because you talk about the alpha and here's the the, the person, yeah. the head person, but this land is your land, right? This land is free, and that's a <laughs> yeah. whole other. Yeah thing yeah. that is very hard like to me I'm always one of these people that people go oh you you know rose-colored glasses altruistic <laughs> I'm one of these who people who wish we didn't have a passport other than yeah. I like to see all the places I've been and have the stamps but um yep. I, I really don't need that to know who what and where but I would love to see a world without passports and borders and I know that <laughs> annoys a whole bunch of people and I know that it's not happening right now (laughs) maybe in another life but uh Greenland like no one is owning the land so like what happens with the church what happens if you build a house like can people say don't come in my yard like what how does that work that's an interesting thing
1: I think what it is is you can own property do you understand so you can own a house but you don't own the land that it's on
0: yeah like Mexico like if you're an expat yeah
1: you can sell the house and you can buy the house but uh it's very clear you know greenland is the people's country so to speak and it is that ownership doesn't it, you know land ownership doesn't exist there so it's all common and it's not owned by the government it's not owned by the the municipality it's not owned by the, anyone the parliament it's not it, it it's just all people's land but you can what what you build on that land you can own that what that structure
0: that's going to be really hard for a lot of people's minds to wrap around. Like it is, it's a little very
1: bit. different. But but you know what? It's 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 the way it is. I mean, it's just they they set it up that way, you know. So and people, uh, I should notice that you know the, the people somehow think it's pretty funny. A lot of people don't know, or maybe they've heard in their geography lessons or their books. But you know, Greenland. Why is Greenland Greenland if it's not really green? And why is Iceland if not a lot of it is mm-hmm. all ice? And there was, you know, the story about, you know, the fact that that the, the 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 settlers in Iceland wanted to keep people away because they loved it there, and they said, let's call it Iceland because then people won't come. And then Eric the Red, who was uh, the person who came from Iceland, he was actually a murderer from Iceland and nice. was exiled to Greenland. Yes, and he's responsible for giving this island the name because he wanted to get people, settlers, to come to Greenland, and 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 uh, having it. Say Greenland or sound like Greenland. It sounds very inviting, doesn't? Versus
0: Iceland. Yeah, li- so, nice and yeah. lush. Come, it's like a you yes, know a forest, come, and you can come. grow things. But hello, <laughs> welcome to Iceland, and I'm going to chop your head off. Nice, you know, <laughs>
1: nice. No, it- it was, it was pretty, it's pretty uh, kind of, it's just funny that the opposites are, are the way it is, you know, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's very interesting. But, you know, I mean, it, in some of the places we stopped at, you know, the people, you know, would, would, uh, have a little, uh, taste of Greenland for us, so they would uh, show us some crafts, they would, uh, show us some dancing, uh, folk dancing, which looked a lot you know, a lot of polkas almost, and, uh, wow. you know, so, so it was, a, it was a way to, to really kind of uh, get a little bit more of an experience versus seeing it from just, you know, well, you know, I'm kind of seeing it from an outside perspective. At least you had some, definitely some interaction with the Greenlandic people. Um, and, uh, you know, being able to to go into their community centers and, and uh, you know, walk by where they live and, you know, just see how they lived and, and uh, what they did and how things are changing, you know, and what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Who knows what will happen in the years to come, you know? So it mm-hmm. was, to me, it was a fascinating journey, and I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to do it now. Like I said, I had a sense of urgency to see it now.
0: Yeah, I, I think it is, you know, a sense of urgency. Um, and you did go to disco bay. We have to bring that up because that's important. Yes. That's yes. just important. Yes. I mean, it's disco with a K, but you still yes, went. I just an feel an day like day they should have, you. they yeah. should have like a disco ball, like when you get there. <laughs> Hanging, you at, know? hanging above the bay, that's right, hanging, hanging above the bay. And we need, like, Gloria bay. Gaynor, and we need, like, the Bee Gees, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, that should happen, that should happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so are you going to go to another icy place? Is that? Uh, do you have any other icy places on your bucket list? At the moment,
1: no. No icy places at
0: the moment,
1: no. What's next but, for
0: uh, the Fire Monkey? Where are you going next?
1: Well, I'm going I'm going to be in the country going to Gettysburg and Ooh. uh because I haven't been there in many years. I was there as a, a child and, and my husband has never been there and I'd like to revisit it and spend some more time there and uh so we're going to Gettysburg and then also going in in pursuit of the national park uh, list we are heading to West Virginia to New River Gorge National Park. The I believe it's the newest. One in the system, and we will be exploring that national park. And, uh, so that's up. And then, uh, we're going to go to upper state New York. We're going to go to Lake George and Lake Placid.
0: Nice. And,
1: uh, yeah, we're going to do a, a some bunch of stuff in, in upper state New York, and that'll be nice. And farther down in the line, we're going to Samoa. And, Ooh,
0: uh, she's not going to Iceland then. Nope. No, that's going that's to no ice country. Uh, and out there
1: is there is the national park. The national
0: yeah, the park American there, park. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Medicine yeah.
1: Yep, and then uh, oh, February is a big trip. Uh, Patagonia, so <gasps> we're going to go hiking down in Patagonia. So that'll be. Are you? Are uh, you kidding trip. me? No, I'm,
0: I'm like excited. seriously. I've
1: to, yeah, I've been to Chile and I've been to Argentina, but we never really went to. Patagonia. Yeah, but Patagonia, Patagonia is, is like yes. you know. It's the and then I even the think
0: of the company and they have an amazing publishing house. Yeah, we've interviewed some of yes. their authors, but the company <laughs> itself, I think, if we are going to ever look at a brand that should be replicated, would be Patagonia, the brand and how they've donated so much land, taken their profits to save huge, huge tracts right. of land, huge. Right. Um right. I know they, you know, that they are not the country Patagonia or the, you know, the the place. They're they're right. a company, but Every time I hear of Patagonia, I just go. You know, I want to go because number one, there's bird life, and oh yeah, you can. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't wait. I can't wait for you to but go. But you
1: know, the hiking is, is supposedly yeah. incredible, and the sights are incredible, and uh, so yeah, I'm I'm extremely ex- excited about that trip. So that's that's definitely on on the agenda. So a couple big trips, and and well, uh, New
0: River Gorge uh, is going to be amazing yes, in the fall. We yes. did that last year. And the oh. fall, just a little teeny bit of it. Um, and oh. it was absolutely spectacular. We have friends there now, literally as we're recording this, and they did this hike under the bridge that like the cat I, that, I'm doing
1: the that it's called the bridge walk. I'm doing it.
0: Yeah, yes. they they did it yes. and, and she said yes. like yay yay. Um <laughs> yeah yay. But she yay, said yay. it was really but you gotta do it. She's like it you'll be really yes. proud of yourself when you do it. Yep. Um, yeah, she. Yeah, I'm not good at heights, and neither is she. But she's like, I did it, I did it, you yeah. know. And I'm, yeah, um, I'm, having... I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, about no. It and it's like,
0: such... it such has to be done, you know. Well, what's interesting about that park is it's not just like the typical national park. It's kind of like hot springs in a way that it's part of a community and multiple communities and ghost towns and. Um, where we went was like sandstone falls, I think where, yes. you know, we were yep. Yep. beautiful and you're going to hit it right at a, just a beautiful time of year you, when I think around the same time we did last year. So you're going to have an amazing time in upstate New York. It's going to be gorgeous at yep. that time. Um, yeah, there's good nice. wine upstate New York, you know? Yes. Yeah. Man, yeah. Debbie, you're living the life, girl. We love it. And Fire Monkey's happy. Well, she's, she's doing to, good. You
1: know, trying to get to these places that I've, you know, wanted to go to. Why, why waste time? Let's do it, Mm-mm. you
0: know? So, yeah. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. I, I'm so glad you're going to New River Gorge because we're going to do as much as we can to cover that area because, good. um, uh, people really don't quite get how and why it became a national park unit. And, um, part of the national park service and um there's many reasons why and and when you have communities connected it's also part of protection for all it's the history and the communities being connected and i know when you go you're going to um you're going to flip out a little bit so in a good way i'm very excited i'm very excited yeah and there's people who don't think it should be a national park unit and um i tend to disagree well because they they expect it you know when there's a expectation of everything should be like yosemite and be closed off and done this way and that's not how things are you know that right right? from the different parks you've been to and there's reasons and sometimes a national park unit will be there just because of one frog or something right you know and
1: right if you don't have the various
0: there are many
1: different reasons many different reasons why why national parks have been created, you know, or, or given that status, you know. So I'm always interested to hear that, you know, hear that story. You know, what what is the reason behind this park versus this park,
0: you know? Yeah, there's always a reason. Like, um, they did that. That people got mad about the the arches, um, in St. Louis, and I'm like, actually, the arches. That's a gateway. That's like a whole reason. There, there's a cultural and historical reason of that. And then right. if you also look at like Indiana the you went there, um, oh gosh, yeah. the, the, Indi- the Indiana dunes. I've heard the same yep. thing. And I'm going, I'm not reading your article. Everyone, uh, Debbie's article on that is up on nationalparktraveling.com. Just type in Indiana sand dunes and you'll find it. And I'm looking, you were there in the fall and you had like blue water, you had sand dunes and you had fall colors all in it was one gorgeous.
1: Part. Yeah. It was like, gorgeous. come that on, one, people. That was, is, get past it. That was it. in, in late September and it was gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous. And yeah. here, the the thing is, the more land we can protect, the better we are all. Uh, for yeah. humans and plants and animals, we're all going to be better off. So just of saying, course. just did a plug there, but, you know. Just you saying, know, I have to just, get saying. On, just saying, <laughs> have to get on my soapbox once in a while there, Miss Fire Monkey. But again, Good. everyone, uh, Debbie's article is up on the Blend Radio and TV.com. The link is in the show notes, no matter where you're listening, YouTube, Spotify, Google, all those places. And of course, you can keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Uh, Debbie Stone, who we call Fire Monkey, Debbie Stone. <laughs> you know, I always I lose her her emails sometimes because I have her <laughs> under Fire Monkey or Debbie on my on my computer. But no, anyway, uh, Debbie Stone is her name, and uh, she is on our show every fourth Tuesday, and we always have a blast hearing about her latest adventures. Thank you so much, Debbie. Thanks so much. Next time, you. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye.